Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. I'm your host, Stephanie Uchima Carney, and I'm a modern day business mama who believes you can have it all. This podcast is all about going behind the scenes of the lives and businesses of successful moms in business in order to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real life tactics, and favorite tools that you as a mom can use to apply to your daily life and business. It is my mission to educate, empower, and inspire moms like yourself to build your dream business while having the freedom and flexibility to enjoy life to the fullest. Power Moms, it's time to rule the world. Now let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of the Power Mom Minute. I am really excited to introduce today's guest because she is actually my first pregnant guest. And so her name is Adrian Dorson, and she is the co-founder of Run Like Clockwork alongside her business partner, Michael Michalowicz, where she equips CEOs to design a business and team that can run itself like clockwork. Adrian has helped hundreds of CEOs scale faster, develop the right systems, create bulletproof teams, and be able to take an unplugged vacation. Adrian has spent the last 10 years in the field of operational efficiency and has since created the most simplistic approach to making your business ultra efficient. She's personally passionate about baking and generosity into business models and believes when we earn more money, we can give more away. Adrian lives in St. Petersburg, Florida with her husband and their two dogs and has a baby girl on the way that is due pretty much any minute. I'm super excited to bring her on because she is like, Miss Queen of Operations. If you need to know anything about it, she's your go-to girl. And the best part about this is she's pregnant. And so I'm hoping she can give this little view of how to have an unplugged vacation or maternity leave to all of those people who might be pregnant, who might be wondering, how am I going to run a business when I'm an entrepreneur and I have to leave for three months. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Adrian. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I feel so honored to be the first <laughs> not yet mom. But you are technically pregnant. a mom, but a mom. yes, yeah. pregnant. It's, <laughs> it's so interesting because it's like, you are a mom. You're a mom the day that you find out, but yeah. to not have someone, you know, having blowouts and things and all of There's that. There's so many things I still have left to discover on this motherhood journey. Yes. <laughs> but I love having a first time mom also on it and with your background. So I technically met Adrian in an elevator, which I don't know if she even remembers, about a year and a half ago when I was pregnant with my second, and then recently met her at the same conference again, and I was pregnant yet again. Again. And she was <laughs> pregnant too, and I look at her, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And so I'm really excited. We're basically due about five weeks from each other, and yeah. both with baby girls, so it's super exciting. Mm so fun. Um, yeah. So I guess I know your family structure right now, but I just want to hear a little bit about how, I guess, what sort of in the future roles are you going to kind of make for your family work-wise in your household? So for example, like a lot of people who already have kids are like, okay, this is like how my husband operates. This is how mm-hmm. I'm going to operate. These are kind of the childcare situations we have, mm-hmm. but for you planning what do you see your future to be to look like? Yeah. yeah. So both my husband and I have pretty flexible schedules. So that's something that we're really excited about and feel really 
grateful about both, especially coming from the corporate world, that would not have been the case if we didn't leave and kind of have our own businesses. And he works for another company where he has a lot of flexibility. So the plan, and I will say just the plan, because I know that this may be disrupted. We're going to learn who she is as a baby and what she needs. But the plan is to really co-parent her, you know, at home for as long as we kind of can on our own and then have some support on speed dial whenever we do need to like get out of the house, if we both need to be somewhere or something like that. But the plan for us is I'll probably work a few hours a day while he takes care of her and then we'll switch off. I'll take care of her while he works a few hours a day and we'll just see how that goes. I do know that I'm going to have to get a an office space outside of the home because I just can't and like I'm on calls and podcasts and webinars and all these things when I am working and so it's like I'm not going to I feel like I'm not going to want to have her number 1 screaming crying in the background but number 2 like I feel like I'm just going to want to hold her and stuff if if that is happening and like I totally I need, get that. <laughs> I need like a space so that will be a change that we have whereas I've always like had my office in the house. I but, was going to ask what does your office situation look like? Well, my office was her nursery so like I used to have <laughs> like a full blown office where we're on video right now just chatting yeah. but this is like my husband's normal office and I'm just in here for the hour. So I've, I've really been like evicted from my office when the nursery was created. So I've just been like hodgepodging things <laughs> together wherever I can like sit down and do some work is where I'm doing it right now. But I know that like once I'm done with my maternity leave officially and I want to start going back to work a little bit more regularly, that's when I'll get like an office space designated for myself just to be able to go to. And I'm sure my husband, you know, might want to share that too, so that when he does his hours, he can go there as well, just so that we have like a little bit of spaciousness outside the house as well. I completely encourage that. So I got an office outside of my house uh, yeah. because I just needed a space that also I felt like was kind of my own. And yeah. I like got to kind of detach a little, but in the beginning, I know for me, for my second, I ended up, even though I had the office staying at home for like six months because I was pumping, I was doing all that. I was like, Oh, it's easier just to be at home home. and breastfeed her. And then I don't have to pump and I don't have to do that. But yeah, that's why I'm going to wait to even like sign a lease or something until I feel like I would actually go and utilize it. Cause I could totally see myself doing that as well, where I would just not go and stay home. I give the audience a little bit about, so I ask usually what's your past life, but your past life is kind of now ironically, but you also Uh had a lot of stuff in your entrepreneurial journey going from corporate to where you are today. Let us know like a little bit about your journey on where you are now today and then where you see yourself going in the future and um, especially having a kid. Yeah. So came from the corporate world. So that was my past, past life. And I was doing operational efficiency in the corporate world. So a lot of people are like, how'd you get into operational efficiency? It's so random and boring. Like, I actually love it, but yes, could be random. And so I left the corporate world and started doing it for small businesses and started my own consulting practice. I've been doing that for about five, five and a half years at this point on my own. And then about two years ago, partnered with my now partner, Mike Michalowicz, um, not my 
romantic partner, my business <laughs> partner, <laughs> just because sometimes people get confused. So he's an author. He's written Profit First. Clockwork was the book that we kind of collaborated on the intellectual property together. And so now my main business is Run Like Clockwork, and we help small business owners design a business and a team and the systems that can run without you, without you as the CEO, without you as the owner in the day-to-day all the time. So kind of perfectly aligned with what you might need for a maternity leave or you know, having kids around all the time, kind of having that freedom that you've always wanted for your business. And so that's what we do for our clients. And my role is CEO. And I would say that over the past year, I've been working with our team to get to a point where we can run more effectively without me. So that's like kind of our, um, not kind of, it is our promise to our customers with that when they go through our programs and, you know, obviously they have to do the work, but once they have gone through and implemented the things that we talk about, the end goal is a four-week vacation for themselves as the owner, like completely unplugged from the business. And the idea there isn't that we give you this vacation, although that's just like a, a nice perk. It's really to see how does the business run without you? Can it run without you based on all the things that we've put into action leading up to that? So over the past year, we've been doing that to ourselves, especially especially over the last eight, seven or eight months, even more specifically, right? As baby is coming, we're like, okay, we got to do this to ourselves because it's easy. You know, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. It's easy to know this stuff sometimes and just focus mm-hmm. on your clients, your clients, your clients, and not apply it to yourselves. So and now you're I, becoming your own client. I'm becoming my own client. And I felt like it was really important that, you know, I practice what I preach and embody it like to a T in terms of taking that four week unplugged. So that's going to be like the first iteration of my maternity leave. Like hands down, I will absolutely take four weeks completely unplugged. Like, and I think that that's even, you know, I've even had some moms reach out and they're like, you're going to need more than four weeks. And I'm like, everybody calm down. Right. Like, that's can I just-, just tell you, I, so when I had uh, my event planning company, I did a wedding five weeks post C-section. And so I thought I was taking maternity leave and I didn't. And instead I worked and I'm going to tell you, newborns are actually personally a lot easier than when they're moving around. (laughs) And I always say, I'm like, you know, I know you need maternity leave like in the first six weeks, but honestly, like older is better. Like I almost, yeah, I was telling, um, I know we both know Aaron Kelly. We had our kids at morning. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say we had kids around the same time and we'd be texting or, uh, Facebook messaging. And it was almost like we had more time because all they did was sleep. And so I got bored. And so I even wrote this like thing on 10 things to do while nursing, because you're just sitting there sitting there with your phone. And so how can you be efficient? But I'm curious, what are some of the tips? So you as your own client, if you, if say it wasn't you, but you were talking to someone else who's going on maternity leave, who wants the four weeks or six Mm. weeks or whatnot, what sort of tips would you give them? Maybe like your top three tips on how to actually accomplish that in their business preparing. So 
Um, how much yeah. time do you think they need leading up to it to really get their team on board? Any sort of, whether they're a solopreneur or they have a team, what are maybe your top three takeaways mm. um, that you would tell them? Yeah. So I think that like, if you're a solopreneur, I think it's going to be the most challenging unless you're willing to receive support during that time. And I would encourage you to keep that support on, right? So I think that it's a really good time to think about we're probably ready to hire someone, not necessarily in a full-time capacity. I know that people's minds like instantly go there like, oh my gosh, I can't afford someone full-time. It's like, you don't need to hire someone full-time, but we do need a human in the business, especially if you have customers or even if you don't, like a lot of times people have more passive automated things going on in their business, but there are still customers and support that does need to happen and need to be responded to. And so I always ask people like, because I've, I've heard people say, oh, I, I took like, you know, three months and it was great. But I was like, but did everything come to a grinding halt? <laughs> and if so, that's not what we're talking about, right? Like I want things to keep humming along. I want you to be able to keep making sales, to keep paying yourself, to keep the team on board, be able to keep paying the team, all of those things. So I think being open to like, what resources do we need to fill in? either temporarily or long-term, because I think, like you said, you know, the newborn phase is, is one thing, but then this isn't going to go away after that. So right. it's like, maybe it's a really good initiation for you to, to start receiving more support in the business so that you can elevate yourself to be working on the more higher value things that you need to be doing. So the first thing that I always recommend and do for myself is a time analysis. So I always look at like, where's my time actually going right now? And that would be like, number one tip is like, do a time assessment, like track your time for five days and start like, we go through like a debrief when we, when we do that as a team, just kind of looking at like, where's our time going? Is there areas where we could just stop doing some of those things? Are there areas where we could cut back on some of those things? Maybe we don't need to be doing them as much. Are there areas that we can transfer certain things to other people on the team? Because you have to be really aware of like, what are the things on my plate now that could like that when I am gone for this maternity leave, if, especially if I am fully checked out that like, would come to a screeching halt? And how can I get the team to maybe take over some of those things or to be able to empower them to make certain decisions while you're gone? So I think the first thing is like looking at that time assessment. If you can start this, I mean, especially pregnancy wise, like if you can start this six months before you plan, quote unquote, to have that baby, <laughs> then that would be great because <laughs> it'll give you some leeway, but you could do it as soon as you, as soon as you can, the, the better, right? Like the, there's never like a time when it's too late because anything that you can get, you know, accomplished, even if it's a month or two months or whatever beforehand, that's great. You also want to think about your own energy levels, right? Like had really big ambitious goals throughout some of my pregnancy that like just didn't happen sometimes. And so it's like, okay, let's give ourselves a little bit more time than we need as well as reassess if there's certain things that you're like, you know what, that's just not going to happen by the time baby comes. And that's fine. <laughs> so for you, a couple questions, how yeah. many hours do you currently work in your business per week? And what are those top priorities for you that yep. you want to maintain or that you're even afraid to give up during that maternity mm -hmm. time? What are your top priorities? Yeah. So mine, so right now, like I'm probably, because we've like had this like wean down process, like as 
the four week vacation or the four week maternity leave kind of approaches, my workload gets less and less and less because we're continually building systems and transferring over to the team. So whereas maybe eight months ago, I was working eight hour days. Now I'm kind of working max four hours a day. That would be like my max. And and most of the time I take Fridays off. Most of the time I take Wednesdays off. <laughs> I need to like space things out sometimes, you know, like even just mentally, it gives me the space to be like, oh, if I want that to be like a creation day, it can be. And if it needs to be like a nap day, it can be that too. <laughs> so yes. Especially in the third trimester. Yeah. You know, like like the naps as well as like, oh my gosh, like yesterday I got to put the, you know, the hospital bag together, like starting to get really real that I should wash the baby clothes. (laughs) I'm like, there's a lot of, like I got to clean the house, you know? (laughs) So there's a lot of like other things that are happening throughout those days sometimes. And so I like to give myself a lot of space, but we've weaned my own workload down to about four hours max a day. And that's just because the team has, it's been transferred to them or we've removed it. We've like really simplified a lot of our own structure over the last year, just not, not just because of the maternity leave, but because we know that that's the most efficient thing for us to do. So in terms of what my time goes to right now, things like this, like podcast interviews, speaking requests, things like that. But I am even like wanting the team to start doing more of start practicing and doing more of that. I do our own podcast, which the team will be taking over a lot of those episodes. So that's something that like is currently on my plate, but we've figured out a way to like actually transfer some of it so that it's not always all falling on me. Even after I get back, I never want to like be the only voice on that show. So that's something that will, you know, continue. I would say the biggest thing that's on my plate is like the strategy and the visionary work. So like today we're going to have an annual, you know, strategy meet, annual planning meeting for 2020 and be talking about some of the goals that we have and strategies that we've, that I've brainstormed and I'll share those with the team. And then they're really responsible for a lot of the execution of that. So I try to stay in that visionary space. And I think that is my highest value to the team um, because I can like develop the strategy and then I don't need any more. I don't need to be involved with as much of the doing and And the the execution execution of it. right. Right. So now I can like lay out this, Hey, here's what we're talking about for Q1. Here's the projects that we've got on the plate. And then the one thing that I'm also like, like the final stage before my maternity leave is kind of looking at those projects and saying, what decisions would they not be able to make without me? And how can I give them some boundaries, some guidelines, some information so that they have some resources, right? So that they can make those decisions so that nothing has to stop, but they can use, you know, kind of what I've thought through and what I've given them to make the best decision that they know how to. It may not be the same decision I would have made, which is what we have to get really comfortable with as CEOs. Like might not be the same decision I would have made, but guess what? It's still moving forward without me there. So I think right. that that's they know like, what the common goal is. They know where the where direction going. Exactly. I was actually going to ask you about that. Stepping back as CEO for just a short amount of time, it's also a mindset thing. So when you're working with your clients, do you find that sometimes they have all the perfect systems, but it's really the mindset that's like holding them back from actually detaching? 
Oh, for sure. <laughs> like they, and they could even like be self-sabotaging saying that they don't know how to create the systems. They don't know how to, you know, hand this over or whatever. But a lot of times it's just this ego, number one ego, like stepping in and being like, well, if I'm not doing this, then what's my value here? Or they value the doing, especially if you're a high achiever, or if you use the term like hard worker to describe yourself, then you might have some challenges as you step more into that CEO, like visionary seat, because it's not as doing centric that you are maybe used to in terms of validating yourself. So the ego will step back in and be like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do yeah. all these things. Right. Like, cause that makes me feel of value. It makes me feel validated. It also is like instant gratification to like check things off of a to-do list. Whereas the visionary that is not instant for gratification at all. Sometimes those things take years to play out right. to actually give you the return on that idea that you had. And so that can be a really challenging switch for you to value the delayed gratification that you're going to need to experience related to the visionary uh, seat that you're sitting in. But ego, the mindset, the resistance around it, and like number one, like challenge of your mindset is probably going to be letting go of control and trusting people to make their own decisions, trusting that they can critically think. I think that we don't give our team members enough credit sometimes. And we think that they need us to answer everything for them. When in actuality, like if we give them tools, resources, and autonomy, they'll have a different perspective. They might have a better perspective, right? It and actually makes you a better leader because if oh you're just gosh, dictating yes. what they need to do, you're not really actually leading because leading should be allowing them the opportunity to make decisions and think on their own and help be an equal member. hundred percent. So do you have any of those fears though, going into like, are you, are you, pretty much like, I can do this. It's fine. Like, I think that we all have those fears, right? So it still like comes up for me. And I always just remind myself and my clients that like, we have to kind of pick our battles too. Like, and, and if you're going to jump in and make a decision for someone else or change a decision that someone has made, just know what the trade-off is, right? Like know that like by like, make sure that thing is worth it for you to change versus what, you know, trust you're eroding or confidence you're eroding in that other individual and what the, like the autonomy that will be lost by you stepping in. So I, I still think that like, there's still sometimes in my head, like where someone will make a decision and I'm like, I have to bite my tongue. I have to be like, it's totally not what I would do. Right. But like, they're never going to learn if I don't do that and allow them to make some of their own mistakes, because that's also how the processes will get even better because they're the ones doing the processes. So if they're the one that came up with the idea, if it's a bad idea, they're the one that's going to have to be using it and checking it and working on it. And so if it's not moving forward, they're eventually going to realize like, Hey, that idea I came up with, it was not good. Right. And I'm going to change my mind and do this instead. And I think that's a better approach. So patience, but I think that I've like at least been able to, I can catch myself. I have the awareness a lot more now, especially like working with our clients and seeing the things that they, you know, are challenged with as well. Like I have more awareness around it, but I still, I'm still human and I still go through those you know, yeah. have to catch myself moments where I'm like, Oh, I really want to just take over <laughs> and like make this easy for them. Right. I think that's a lot like parenting, right? Like yeah. I want to step in and like, you know, give the feed them forever. And it's like, at some point they're just going to have to struggle and the cereal is never going to make it to their mouth. But, but 
I think that's one of the biggest things I actually learned in parenthood was not to be a helicopter parent. And actually they're now called, I don't know if you've heard this, they're called lawnmower parents. And basically they lawnmower the way through so that their kid doesn't have to like face any like adversity, any challenges, anything like that. Yeah. And it's taken me, like, I'm actually happy I had a boy first because for me personally, I'm one of those like, no, don't break that. No, don't touch that. And so having a boy first, I'm just like, my husband the other day said, (laughs) wow. He's like, I never in a million years would have thought that parenthood would have made you like so much more relaxed and Mm. lax and like, it's fine. Like, no, let him fall off the couch. He's got to learn if he hits his head. Well, he probably shouldn't have made that choice to do that. And it's, it can definitely be translated. I see that when I'm interviewing moms in business too, is the patience is one of the most, the things that they learn the most in parenthood. And also, yeah, giving up that control of certain things that you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, that doesn't matter right now. You know, I got to focus on the highest and best use of my time um, and resources. So for you backing up almost like 30,000 foot level, what are kind of your fears in general going into parenthood or or what are things, I mean, I don't want to talk about just fears, but like, what are the things that you're looking at? Like, oh my goodness, this will change. Cause I know you have strict morning routines. Like yes. I've heard, I've been listening to your podcast forever and I've heard I'm you on everything. I'm a control freak and a psychopath in that way. Well, so you have such like a regimen, <laughs> like a regimen, a workout regimen. You're like, when I'm yeah. tired, I take a nap. Like I, I'm curious at how you are feeling going into mm-hmm. it um, and sort of what sort of things are you willing to surrender to? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am thankful that like actually sleep for me, like before pregnancy, I was never a napper. Like I couldn't even physically nap right now that I'm like been pregnant. I've really embraced that. And I'm like, okay, we need a nap. And I'm sure I'll continue to embrace it when I need it, when I'm not sleeping, you know, during the night and things like that. But I can, I've always been able to function well on like not a lot of sleep. So I'm like, all right, if, if that has to surrender a bit, I get it, but I do, I do really like my sleep and prioritize that. But, you know, I think that I have a great partner and we've talked about a lot of the things that we know are our non-negotiables to be able to show up well in the relationship. So it's given me like, it's eased some of my like would be fears because like, I know, like you said, like I have to work out every day. Like I have to move my body and it doesn't need to be this like huge workout every single day. That's what stroller strides. (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm going to, I'm going to walk the heck out of that baby. Right. Like it's great for napping too. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like trying to, you know, not be afraid that I'm going to lose that, but actually make sure that it becomes a priority in our you know, in our parenting and in our relationship, like that we have to communicate like, Hey, I need to go 30 minutes. I need, you know, to go lift some weights or go for a walk or something by myself and, and vice versa. Cause he kind of needs that as well. So I'm not afraid I'm going to lose that, but I would have been, if we didn't have like really clear conversations about that, which I love, by the way, you're, I think hearing that so many people lose that communication between their spouse. I love that you set that up before your kid was born. Cause I feel like parents go into it, they're kind of overwhelmed. And then they forgot that, like what was meaningful to them and to talk mm. about that. It's almost like talking about your boundaries and your needs yes. beforehand. And that is really smart. And I think actually parents should do that before or 
people should do that before they become parents. Right? Yeah, during keeping like that conversation going, like these are my needs right now. Like, like I really I'm need so this. overwhelmed yeah. with what you know you blah need, blah blah. Right? Yeah, like, that's that really good each other because I always like I'm like I want us to be a team like we're both first time parents like we don't know what we're doing I think that's my biggest fear is just like the lack of manual that comes with this child like it's still shocking <laughs> to me that like after two days in the hospital they're just going to be like okay you can take her now like just go home and that... no one's gonna watch us <laughs> like that moment is the I don't even know how to describe it but you'll experience it when you get home and you're just, it's you, your husband and your baby. I remember putting the car seat down, staring at him and going like, now what What do I do now? Like, I'm like, how do I take him out? What do I do? Like, what do we do with him? Do we put him in the crib? Do we play with him? Like Like, he's too young to play, right? Like, It's the weirdest thing. It's like all the people are gone. All the nurses are gone. And you're just like, All right, what next? Here we are. <laughs> Can't believe they let us take this baby home. I know. I still think yeah. you need a license to have a child, but <laughs> it's shocking, right? Like, so that to me is like the the one thing that I keep like playing that moment in my head of like, they're gonna let us go home, and like we may not know what we're doing. Like, hundred percent, we're not gonna know what we're doing. Although but instinct kicks in, and people to call yeah. and things like that. So I'm thankful for that. But I would say that that's just because I am such a control and like I'm such a planner that like there's there's no like there's no plan, there's no manual, there's no instructions, there's no there's no system, there's no system. <laughs> and I'm like a systems person, right? So I'm like, all right, we're just gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with the flow a lot more, and also be willing to ask for help, which is not my norm. So I think that that is something that's gonna stretch me and expand me, and also probably you know, help me foster even deeper relationships with people. Because I think when we give people the opportunity to help us and support us and we receive it, like we become closer with people. So I'm also like looking forward to that. You'll learn that there's this whole, like the minute you be like, have your baby in your arms, this mom community just opens to you. And I know you're in the same Facebook group as me, but you, it's, it's the most amazing nurturing, like support system. And I always tell like women and moms, like you have to get that community. Like you will be surprised. Like I would, I think I was Instagram messaging or something, Aaron Kelly at like three in the morning while we were both breastfeeding. And I'm like, so I have a question, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, is she doing this? Like, it's one of those just like, you have this unspoken bond, which is amazing. It's like you join the secret society. I have said that since the moment I started showing in my pregnancy, because we live in this neighborhood and we go for walks all the time. We have two dogs, like other people are dog friendly, whatever in our neighborhood. No one ever started, like none of the women ever like really went out of their way to like say hi to me and talk to me until I was like noticeably pregnant. And now like every woman who I know is a mother, like makes it a purpose and, and like makes it intentional to speak to me, to come over to me. I'm like, my husband and I were both like, this is like, a, this must be like a primal instinct or something that you it's like join. It's a rite of passage. It's like a secret it's society. Secret it really society. is. And now that you're pregnant, you're like in, he's like, you're, oh, in yeah. now. you're in with like the neighborhood moms. And I'm like, I know, like, I don't know what I did. Like all I did was have a baby bump. And now they're like, how are you doing? What's going on? How can I help you? You know? And I'm like, I felt that from people at the grocery store who checked me out to someone in the elevator to, to walking around my neighborhood. It's like, 
without fail. And like, we go for walks and I'm like, do you notice these, these women like smiling at me, like really big, like when they can like see my bum and he's like, I was like, did they do that beforehand? He's like, no, they only <laughs> are doing that because you're in the pregnancy secret society of moms now. <laughs> like, I do have to say though, being pregnant sometimes is better than actually like having the baby with you because then when you're at the store, like I noticed that when I'm at the grocery store, they actually offer to help me. They're like, do you need me to bring your bags to your car? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm not like, I'm just pregnant. you know, I'm yeah. just pregnant. And then the minute you have the kid and you're like trying to balance things and stuff, they don't like, don't pay attention to you. They're like, oh, totally. it was her choice to have the kid. But when you're pregnant, they're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know everyone. And even men too, like everyone, yeah. it's just given me like a new appreciation for life. I think like that everyone is like fascinated and brought to a state of joy just by the viewing of life happening. Right. Like we were at home Depot looking for like these clips and this guy just who worked there, like, you know, created an excuse to talk to me because I was pregnant and he wanted to share his story about his granddaughter and all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> there are really good people out there who really love life. Yeah. This is just a sign of life. And yeah, sometimes I wish that like people could see in my car that I'm pregnant because they might be nicer drivers. That's all like, right. everyone's like really kind when they see you and like get out of your way when you're like walking or if they can help you. Like I've had men like try to help me get things off the shelves at Target and things like that. <laughs> just doesn't happen in normal life. I'm like, I never felt so taken care of. And my brother was like, watch same thing. Like you go to all these doctor's appointments. And then as soon as the baby comes, now the baby goes to the doctor and no one ever asks you right. how you're doing ever again. <laughs> like, that is the one thing I do have to say. I'm like, I wish people would always ask like, how are you doing? Like the mom doing? and I like, how's yeah. the baby? You're asking a thousand questions about that. And you're like, hi, I'm the one who just like went just, through it all. All they yeah. have to do is sleep and eat and you know do whatever they want. A, a like, human just came out of my body. Why exactly. isn't anyone concerned? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just thinking about it. I was like, your next business idea should be a run like clockwork for baby schedules here. If you're really good at systems, I would love to see the routine you implement for your baby. All right. I'm gonna because work on it. They do say that babies are really good with routine. And like yes. I've tried that, but I think it's more like I failed at the routine. Right. And so it's like training our, dogs, right? Yeah. Like you have to do the training. Like it's training for you. Like the dog will respond, but are right. you keeping up and doing it? And yeah. same thing with sleep like, training, all of that. You should have a run like clockwork child edition, baby right, edition. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it <laughs> and then we'll see. We'll gotta obviously I gotta test it for myself, yes. see how it goes. <laughs> and then if I have anything to share, I'll turn it into right. I was curious, have <laughs> have you actually worked with any clients about them going on maternity leave? Like, have you yeah. actually, besides you being your own client right now, have you worked with someone and how did that go? Yeah. So I have worked with numerous clients who are preparing for maternity leave. And I think it's really important, especially like some of them are sole breadwinners of their family and, you know, they don't want to reduce the revenue that they're creating. And a lot of times that is what's going to happen. If you don't have a business that can run without you, the sales stop, the delivery stops, we just put everything on hold. And by doing this work, by setting up the systems and the team to be able to continue to support the revenue generation, the growth, the sales, the clients, then they can go on maternity leave, actually enjoy the baby, feel like they're not like rushing to get back and have the peace of mind that like they're not going to have to take a pay cut or they're not trying to rush back to, to make money and those types of things. Um, because I know that for myself, there was a lot of even fear in getting pregnant because I was like, oh, 
am I going to be like, I have a big speaking year. Or, oh, we got to do this this year. And like, yeah. this is happening in the business. So it's like, it's never going to be the perfect time. But if you set the business up in a way that it doesn't need you inside of that day to day, but rather it can depend on the team and the systems that you've developed to support it. And you come in for the visionary higher level stuff. And of course, when you want to come back in, when you're ready to return, there are higher level things that you can be executing on. But I think that it's your greatest role as a leader to develop the people beneath you, right? To help them grow and develop into who they're capable of becoming. And I think that we can bottleneck them at a certain degree. We can suffocate them and their growth. So it has been really nice to like work with some moms who are preparing for their own maternity and yeah. see go through that and then come out of that, how their, their mindset as a CEO is completely different after they come back because it's effectively run without them while they're gone. And so they know they don't have to step back into that old version of doing, doing, doing all the time. Right. And so it becomes like a whole new, like just elevation, like next level. Yeah. For you, what are your current, I guess, favorite apps, books, programs, or things that you would recommend right now? Um, or, and even that you were looking into for like mom stuff to help you run, I guess, more efficiently in your systems, anything that people could implement today? Mm. Well, we live and breathe by like our two, I would say, tools in the business would be Slack. So Mm -hmm. communication via Slack for our team, as well as a project management system like Asana. um, I feel like that's the common thread. And by the way, Asana to use even with your family life is amazing. I was going to say, oh my goodness. My husband and I have used like Asana, like con, what we call like Kanban boards where you're like just using that project management tool for family needs is super helpful, right? So like when we, six years ago, when we were moving, we had like Asana boards of like, here's what I need to do. Here's what you need to do. Here's what's been done. Here's what's in waiting, right? So like both of us are like systems minded. So like doing that helps keep things on track as well as like with baby, right? Like here's what you need to do. Here's what my to-do list is left here's what we've already done. Like, here's all the things that need to be in your hospital bag type of thing. So (laughs) we've been using those systems. We use them for our team, but we also use them for our family. And it just keeps everyone, it's like simplified and keeps everyone on the same page and, and keeps me from having to remind my husband to do something 487 times, you know? I love Asana. You can just assign tasks. Like, yeah. this is for no, you. Here's no the grocery list. To, just yeah, kidding. remind you. <laughs> He's like, write me a list, write me a list. I'm like, your list is in your board now, right? Like, I don't have right. to text It's your you responsibility. I am empowering you to yes. look at that. <laughs> empowering you to look at your list. I will add things to your list. You will check them off. <laughs> So I'm going to ask a couple questions that are like mom related, but I want to hear your answer for it. And this is how I usually close it out. My first question is, so what is your mom's superpower that makes you a better mom in business? And since being pregnant, I feel like you have become a mom. Has there been a superpower that you acquired over the last, you know, eight months Mm. that has helped you in business? Oh, that's a really great question. I would say like the letting go of control has been like a superpower that's allowed us to like accelerate this process of removing me from the day to day. That's even allowing me to have the, you know, the four week vacation that's allowing me to step out of the business and have like a more 
relaxed pregnancy. Like I'm not stressed out. I think, you know, like I'm just like, it's going to be what it is. And that's kind of how I've always operated the business. But I think it's like amplified even more so with the baby coming because there's, I just got to let go of so much control in so many different areas. Even like we, we prescribe this four week vacation that is really a planned thing. And I'm like, there's planning to a degree with a pregnancy, but like, I have no idea. Like you messaged me this morning. You're like, are you still pregnant? Right? Like, are we having an interview? You know, like you just don't, like, there's, there's like a six week window of like, who knows right. when, she, when she's actually coming. So my team kind of has to be ready for that. And I have to be just kind of ready for that and go with that. And I think that, you know, my, my motto for our business was always like, we're not creating oxygen. Like everybody calm down, like everything's okay. So like, I think the continuing of like letting go of control is I'm hoping going to be my superpower even more so. (laughs) I love it. And the last thing I want to close with is what is one piece of advice you've, you would give to the pre-mom you. So now looking at yourself right now, if you could tell yourself something advice for the future, what would that be? I would probably tell myself to yeah, find the community and ask, and don't be afraid to like ask for support. I think that that's still my struggle is like, I'll, I'll be like a fly on the wall and kind of watch what's happening, but also just not necessarily put, put what's going on for me in there and just kind of hope someone else asks the question. So I think that that's something I would advise my current self and future self of like, you're going to need to ask things. You're not going to know what's going on. You're probably going to feel like a failure at many times and you're not. not. (laughs) Um, So just like reach out and ask and, and, you know, receive the help and support that people want to give you. I think that would probably be the biggest one. And, And I think that one of the things that I've tried to remind myself throughout this process is to like, create your own experience because everyone has like their own experience and their own opinions about like what worked for them or what happened for them, like whether it's about their pregnancy or about their birth. And so I've been like very guarded about my own experience because it's unique for everyone. And so I think that's been like a really good thing that I also want to carry with me is that like my parenting experience will also be very unique and it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be hard there will be challenges of course, but I think that like just staying in that mindset of like, this is your experience. And just because it worked out differently for someone else doesn't mean that that's going to happen to you. Because I think there can be a lot of fear built up in us as moms, because maybe something did happen to someone else. And it's like, okay, but that's not necessarily what my experience is going to be. Thank you for sharing that. But I'm going to like, that is such like, great this advice. Is what my experience is going to be. And I did that for my pregnancy. I always have said like since day one, since before I even got pregnant, I was like, I am going to love being pregnant. Like I'm, and I have, like, I'm going to have a great pregnancy. And I know that not everyone is blessed with that, but I also feel like my mindset going into it was also what helped me stay like really focused on that. And now that's my plan for my birth. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I'm going to have a really beautiful, incredible birthing experience, whatever that looks like. I know I don't have control over it, but I do have control over my mindset in it. Right. And like, I don't want to have someone else's negative experience kind of clouding my, uh, 
like my thoughts around that going into it. And that advice can be applied to anything too, not just that. I mean, that's the, when people ask for parenting advice, the thing I always say is do what's best for you and your child. Everybody's experience is different. And I also say that about business. So when I talk about business, I'm like, everybody's journey is different. There is no one size fits all. This is how it should work. There are obviously systems just like, you know, for your business, but there's also systems like this is how you change a diaper. There's not really very many ways to do it. This is how you handle that. There are certain things that can be systematized, but for the most part, your experience is your own and it's unique and every baby's different and every pregnancy is different. And so I love that. And I, I love the awareness you have because not a lot of, I feel like first time moms or like go into this with that much awareness. So Thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and all of your knowledge. And I, I said, I want at this point. Well, no, it's it's gonna we're gonna reflect backwards, you know, in six months or a year, and see how if you're either laughing at what you said or you're like, wow, I did it all and I did it better, and this is how, and now I'm gonna rule the world. As um, I love it, I think that's gonna be a great episode because I'm sure there's a lot of moms laughing at me right now. But again, your experience, right? Mm -hmm. And let me have mine, and then we'll talk in six to twelve months. You're probably one of the calmest 36 week pregnant person I have met. Oh my You're God, just like, oh, everything's fine. I'm like, like uh... <laughs> I went to like a, a networking thing last night. We ran our live event last week. That was like, oh, my you are crazy. <laughs> and then she can come. But my dad like, calls me every day. He's like, how are we doing? I'm like, we're fine. Like, <laughs> oh, I have major props to you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all your time. And I can't wait to see photos of your little girl and everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Power Mom Minute podcast. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for the episode and other goodies over at powermomminute.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Each week, I'll be reading some of those reviews on air. So stay tuned and you might just hear yours. Thank you so much again, beautiful mamas, and I'll see you here next time.